Welcome to Grace Point Church Podcast. We proclaim Christ crucified and uphold him as the only hope for the fallen world. On today's episode, you'll hear from Kenny Rongo. Ken is a children's and youth worker at Grace Point Church. Karibuni sana to another episode of our podcast. It's always a joy to have you join and listen to this podcast. On Mondays, we usually look at the stories making headlines here in the country and all over the world. Now, today, if you please allow me for us to take a break and have a special episode of this podcast, where instead of looking at the stories making headlines, we will think of two phrases that we ought to be aware of as believers. That is, two things we ought to keep to heart as Christians, two things that will really help us as we continue walking this life as Christians, even as we look forward to Jesus' coming. And these two phrases are, once for all, and more and more. Again, I'll repeat, these two phrases are, once for all, and more and more. One of them is used for what Jesus has already done completely for us, and the next is used for us believers for how we ought to live in light of what Jesus Christ has already achieved for us. Now, the phrase once for all is used to what God in Jesus has already achieved for Christians and for those who have put their faith in Jesus. One verse that's very important for us to know is 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 18. This verse, 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 18 says, For Christ also suffered for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. This once for all phrase means Christ has already done it all for those who believe and trust in Jesus. Let me put this differently. If you have believed in Jesus, if you are listening to this and you are born again Christian, Christ has done it all for you. He has achieved it all for you. When Jesus died on the cross, he died once and for all. He has achieved everything for you. So what this means is, there's nothing you need or ought to do for God accepts you because of what Jesus has done. Nothing at all that you ought to do because Jesus has already done it all. He has achieved it all for you once and for all. So nothing at all you can do to make God accept you. For Jesus has already achieved it all for you. So what you and I ought to do is to keep trusting in Jesus, to keep holding fast to him and standing firm to the head, once and for all. Now, the second phrase that we all need to get to know and really understand as Christians is the more and more of a Christian. If you like, it's the more and more of living as a Christian in a way that pleases God. And this more and more is what we clearly see in one passage in the letter of Paul to believers in Christ, in the Salonica. In this letter, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, Paul twice calls believers to do something more and more. In fact, in this passage, we see that he calls believers, or he calls us believers, to two more and more things. First, he urges us to more and more holiness in verses 3 to 8. And then he urges us to more and more love in verse 9 to 12. 
So what we'll do is we'll think about these two more and more. More and more, and more holiness and more and more love. As Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 1 to 12. First, Paul says, pleasing God means more and more holiness. Then verse 1 to 3, he says this. Let me read it for us. As for other matters, we instructed you how to live in order to please God, as in fact you are living. Now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. For it is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality. Looking at these verses, we clearly see here that Paul urges believers to more and more holiness, or as it says here, to more and more sanctification. To put it differently, Paul here says that God's will for believers is that they should be holy. You see, God's will for you and I is that we should be holy, that we should be sanctified. Now, moving on to what Paul says there in verse 3, we see one specific area that Paul urges us all believers and all Christians to be holy in. And what area is this? It's in the area of sexuality. In verse 3, he says the following. Now, we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more, for it is God's will that you should, you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality. Paul takes one area of sexuality and calls believers to more and more sexual holiness. Maybe reading on in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, Paul from verses 3 to verses 6 continues to say, It's God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the pagans who do not know God. And that in this matter, no one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or a sister. Now, here in these verses, Paul calls us believers to sexual holiness. See what he starts by saying there in verse 3, it's God's will for you to be holy, that you should avoid sexual immorality. If we are honest with one another, we can all agree that we are sexual sinners, or have failed in one way or the other in this area. There are many times when we think evil thoughts, sexual thoughts, or have looked at someone last free or watched unhelpful content on the internet. And the list can go on and on. But here in these verses, Paul calls us believers, we who are born again by the Spirit, to avoid sexual immorality. In fact, to pursue more and more holiness. In fact, it's worth noting that Paul doesn't say in these verses that believers in Christ at the Saronica were completely failing in this area. No. If you look at verse 1 of chapter 4, he notes that they are already living in a way that is pleasing the Lord. But what he goes ahead to do and to call them to do is to avoid sexual immorality and to keep on pursuing holiness more and more. Keep pleasing the Lord by pursuing more and more sexual holiness. In fact, Paul compares them with pagans. He tells them, don't be like pagans and unbelievers and unchristians, whom Paul says they don't know to control their own body. In fact, what they do is they live in an holy and an honorable way. Don't be like them. For you Christians, pursue more and more holiness. But that's not the only thing Paul calls believers to do more and more in this passage. In verses 9 to 12, 
Paul continues to tell them the following. Now, about your love for one another, we don't need to write to you. For you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. And in fact, you do love all God's family throughout Macedonia. Yet we urge you, brothers and sisters, to do so more and more. So the second thing that he calls believers to do is to pursue more and more brotherly love. It's very interesting to note here that Paul tells these believers that God has taught them to love one another. What a good way to call other believers to, to love one another. God has taught you to love one another. In fact, Paul doesn't beat them for not doing it. No. In fact, in verse 10, he tells them that you're already doing it. You love all God's people. Or if you like, you love God's family. Yes, these guys are already loving each other. They're already doing the loving. But even with the fact that they're doing it, Paul urges them to do it more and more. Yes, you are doing it. Well and good. Keep doing it. Do it more and more. Love other believers whom Christ died for. Love them more and more. For this pleases the Lord. So keep doing it. And please note, Paul calls these believers to the kind of brotherly love that will be attractive to the world. You see, my brother and my sister, when we believers love each other, we display Christ's love to the world. So when we love one another, we show the world what it's look like to have fellowship with the people whom, except for Christ, we won't have any other connections with. And in doing this, we display Christ's love to the world. You see, for pagans or for non-believers, they have what they call self-love and they care less about other people. But for us Christians, the Bible again and again calls us to love one another. We are called to love other people whom Christ died for. Yes, you are loving others well and good, Paul tells them. Yet, we urge you, brothers and sisters, to do so more and more. Now, as we bring this to a conclusion, it's worth asking ourselves a few questions. How are you doing on this more and more business? How are you doing with the more and more holiness? Do you think you need to do something about it? Maybe repent of past failures and past sins? Or do you think there's something you need to confess to the Lord about? How are you doing on the more and more of pursuing holiness? On the second thing Paul says here, how are you faring on with loving one another? How are you doing with loving other people in your church or in your growth group or Bible study group? How are you doing in this urge for more and more brotherly love? And maybe the biggest question for us all, are you convinced with the once and for all that Christ has done for you? Or are you tempted to think there's something else you can do to make him love you better? How convinced and how assured are you that Jesus has done it once and for all, he has died for your sins once and for all. May the Lord help you and I to think over these two statements today and this coming week. That Christ has done it, he has suffered on the cross, he died for us once and for all. And because of that, he calls us to pursue more and more holiness and to pursue more and more brotherly love. May God be with us this week as we pursue these things.
And as we keep thinking about what Christ has done for us and has achieved for us once and for all. It's goodbye from me and thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Grispoint Church Podcast. For more information and past episodes, visit our website gracepointchurch.org. Please join us again tomorrow for a new episode. Goodbye.